why his episode spelled that way. Doors are more than just for walking through. What happened to the lady from episode one? Would you believe I was a bratty kid growing up? Do you think you have to be perfect to serve God? Well, we'll explore that later. These and other topics we'll discuss on this episode of Kevin Knows. So, let's get to it. I told y'all I was going to use cheesy background noises and uh, effects. So I did it. And I, you probably don't like it. Well, you know, I don't care if you do like it. but you know, Don't judge me. Well, anyway, getting down to business. Um, If you noticed on the artwork of my um podcast artwork, Episode is spelled E P I I sold. Okay. Um, and I didn't notice this until after the first episode launched. So I um my my cousin Takana from Takana's Kitchen, shameless plug, um, she told me she said, Well, cousin, you got a voice that draws people in. Um, it's kind of soothing, like if you were like you know, like an epi shot. If you you know you couldn't breathe, you take a you know shot, and so it's like an epi injection. You know your voice is like that. Quite frankly, I think I sound like a little kid, like a dork, but you know whatever works. So with that being said, and she's my quote unquote unpaid content creator, I'm gonna go with it, and so that's gonna be my hook, my thing for uh, going forward. So. I thank her for that. Now, doors is a um, very useful uh, website. It is launched through the Department of Aging. And within the Department of Aging is how you get to the doors. Um, The doors uh, portal. uh, And it's like anything with the state of Illinois, uh, as people know that live here in Illinois that anything that you do is a process. It's uh, uh, a f- exercising futility if you don't have the patience and the wherewithal to, to stick with it. You know, it can be quite daunting and, you know, it, 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 it'll exhaust you. But I implore all the caregivers, the relatives of caregivers, uh, you know, advocates for uh for caregivers, I mean, for patients uh, that they're caring for within the family, uh, that you go on those sites and you explore because there's some very useful uh, links, some very useful uh, articles uh, and places to go to get different uh, articles or things that you may need to, uh, to make your life a little bit easy living. Um, not saying that uh, getting to those uh, sites is not a job within itself, but um, to if you know your patients will be rewarded if uh, if you stick it out. And like again, as I implore all the uh, caregivers and advocates for uh, your relatives' health, if you're taking care of a loved one, um, for instance, I uh, 
was in need of a ramp. Um, I have a power chair. Um, and at times when my mobility is acting up and I have to go in and out of the house, you know, with the power chair, my uh, uncle had made me, you know, in the beginning, made me a ramp uh, out of wood, a little small thing just to get over the, the threshold. But it was, you know, not proper. Uh, that thing would shoot you like straight up in the air if you came on it too fast. It, it was a whole thing. So uh, within the Department of Aging Doors, which stands for Department of Rehabilitation, I was able to uh, access a website to have a ramp installed uh, in my residence. And it's a ramp uh, that was put up professionally by a company called Freedom Ramps. And uh, not only did the ramp, it not only was it a ramp, but it had side rails on it uh, for to assist if you were walking up the ramp. So my um, relatives uh, that would come over that, you know, have challenges as well. They were able to, uh, you know, access, you know, my house uh, very, uh, very easy. Um, the ramp was, is, um, has a lifetime warranty on it. If you have any problems with it, they'll come out and rip, uh, repair or replace it. Any adjustments need to be done. You just call them and let them know. Um, but again, like I said, it was a process because um, we it was measured and all the permits and all the, all that red tape stuff had to be done. And right after all of that red tape happened, then COVID hit. So uh, they were not doing any work, but I couldn't understand that because the ramp is going to be put outside. You didn't have to come inside the house. But so uh, in total, it took it took about maybe five years before the ramp was put onto the house. But, um, you know, but it's there. Uh, and, you know, like I said, it takes some patience. You got to poke around in it a little bit. And, um, you know, you can find things. And even some things that you're not looking for, you know, you know, you're able to find them. So it's a very useful website. And that is the the um, the website that I'm highlighting on this episode. Um, and, um, you know, as, as I said, it, it, it is a process. So those of you who were tuned in to the episode one, I told a partial story about uh, a lady that was uh, messed over by, you know, the medical medical field or uh, the lack there of a better term. Uh, if you don't have the great insurances, how they can treat you. And I'm sure some of my listening audiences went through that as well as myself. Well, anyway, this is the story. Um, my uh, shift started at 4 a.m. in outpatient surgery. I was a OR tech. Um, and so as I was coming in, there was a young lady that was, you know, coming in behind me. And I was like, well, ma'am, you could, you know, we're the, you were, we're the first two here. So you can have a seat in the lobby until, um, you know, we uh, come out to get you. She says, oh, okay. You think you can get me in earlier? And I'm like, well, ma'am, what time were you supposed to be here? She says 4 PM, but I'm going to have mad drama with getting a ride that at that time of the evening and uh i was figured you know i could come in early and maybe you guys could you know squeeze me in or we, we could work something out so 
I'm like, okay, we'll have a seat. So there was a full uh, surgical team in the back uh, waiting uh, that had been checked in since about, I don't know, 2 o'clock that morning. And the doctor who was performing her surgery just happened to be there too because he was the first up in the morning. So, um, okay, win-win. If she's supposed to be done at 4 o'clock uh, and she's here now, uh, two hours before the first uh, patient comes in, bang, we can do her now and we can get out, get off work the whole two hours early. Wow. Okay. And besides, that's what we're here for. That's what the medical field is all about to help people. Right. But I was wrong. So I go to the back and I, you know, Hey doc, uh, we'll call him Dr. B. Dr. B, uh, this lady's supposed to be here at four o'clock this afternoon, but she's here now. We got a staff ready. Why don't we just go ahead and knock this out and we can be going home two hours early. He says, well, what is her insurance? I said, I don't know, doc. I don't look at that stuff, uh, but she's medically cleared. She's good to go. So he takes the chart for me and uh, proceeds to look through it. And he goes, oh, no. And I go, well, what's the problem? He said, she is Medicaid. I said, okay, Ed. He says, Medicaid pays me slow. So with that, to get even with them, I work slow. I said, so what is that supposed to mean? She's supposed to be here at four. She's going to sit there and wait till four. I go, well, Doc, I mean, come on. I mean, you, you know, let's, uh, he's like, no, I don't, no, no, is what I say. So by this time, I am totally pissed off. I'm like, really? I mean, oh, this is what we're doing now. You know, I mean, you know, you're that trivial. So needless to say, I had a snake attitude that whole day. And, uh, you know, he was like, Kevin, you're not, not talking today. I said, no, well, you know, I don't get paid extra for talking. And, uh, so I, I was livid and he didn't cut corners of her surgery. I mean, he didn't do anything abusive as far as the physical physicality of her surgery. He just worked slow because he got paid slow. And so he was his way to get even, you know, I guess what the Medicaid system is, you know, uh, if you if you want me to work fast, don't get on Medicaid because they pay me slow. I work slow. And he didn't cut corners. I mean, he did a, a thorough job in his defense. He didn't do anything uh, wrong. And m maybe me looking at every move that he made uh, might have made him a little like, nervous, too. But I, I severely doubt it. But um, so at the end of that day, that is when I quit the medical field because I was like, you know what? This is not what I signed on. Uh, this is not what I signed on to be. And this is not what, what, what this is about. So, uh, at the end of that, end of that day, I, I, I was, I was done. I was out and you know, you guys know the rest of the story. So, um, now the, the next thing we're going to get into is, you know, I, I was, I was somewhat of a bratty kid. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, uh, you know, you know there's those sound effects again. Don't let me loose with technology. And, uh, but I, I wasn't bratty that way by nature. Or you would say, I mean, the other kids brought it out of me because, you know, it was in, in our neighborhood that I told you, uh, growing up, you know, we had, we were 
ruled with the iron fist. My grandmama didn't play. My mother just as much. So uh, when the streetlights came on, and I, I know for you know the fan base that are uh, back in the days, you know we talk about you know how it was back in the day. Well, when the streetlights came on, you either had to be on your porch or in front of your house. Don't let your parents come looking for you because it was going to be some drama. So in order for the drama not to be, you know, we would, and the streetlight was like directly uh, uh, kitty corner to uh, my grandmother's window that she sat in all day looking out the window. So with that first little gleam, the light came on that you might not have seen down the street. Trust me, she saw it in that globe. And we, we figured out when the time thing, you know, the time uh, uh, lapse were. So we was, you know, really headed back that way. So, um, you know, we, we would hang out in front of the house. And then after a certain time, you know, we hear my grandmother clearing her throat. <clears> throat> um, and that was like a precursors to say, okay, you all come up. And she'll make us, you know, um, change out of our sweaty clothes, you know, take a bath or whatever. Then we could go back on the porch later on the night, that night and chill. But, you know, the kids, they would, you know, they would terrorize us. You know, they used to go, we walk in the house, they would go, good night kevin and carl real loud you know and laughing so you know i mean after getting you know uh screamed down and called out on like that for a while i mean i had to come up with some stuff for myself so i was you know my family my mother was the type that her she made sure her kids had what they what they wanted and what they needed so when the ice cream truck would come around you know, most of the kids, they would come out with a dime or get a nickel cone or a dime cone. My mother would give us a quarter. We get a quarter cone. And, you know, back in the day, them cones were giant. So, uh, you know, I, and then some kids didn't even get a cone, you know. But keep in mind, these are the same kids that abused me, you know, were making jokes, you know. Good night, Kevin. Y'all got to be called in front of the house. Uh, church boy, Catholic school boy, you got to wear the blue and gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes on and on and on and on, you know. Uh, you fat, which I was a little chubby growing up. You know, you fat. So I came up with stuff of my own. So when I'm licking my giant cone and then some of them that didn't have a cone, well, it was my turn to get back at them. So back in the day, you know, um, I don't know what, uh, you know, it was called uh, ADC, aid, uh, for dependent children. Uh, you know, it was basically public aid. And so uh, they did a fancy name for it. So in order for, you know, to me to, to feel better, I took me to get back at those that tease me. I used to go, I said, well, in, in so-and-so's case, and I'm not going to call any of the kids names. The reason why they call it ADC is called after daddy cut out because your daddy cut out on y'all. And, 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 it, and it gets worse. You know, um, my mother made sure that we were dressed in the finest of clothes and, and whatever. And I just thought this is the way everybody lived. But uh, as I got older and I found out that that wasn't the case. Uh, so um, I, I, when they would, you know, tease me about something. So I was creative. So, you know, in the the, the late to middle 70s is when house music started, you know, first made its debut. And so there was this, uh, you know, uh, a track and some of y'all remember it where it go, you ain't really down playing the games you do so i switched the words around and i used to go to them and say i said are you wear hand me downs hand me downs your clothes are never new your clothes are never new 
And, you know, that would get the kids laughing at them and will pull them up off me. And so, you know, I got the moniker for being a bratty, you know, uh, 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 a kid, you know, always into some trouble. But I didn't do those things unless people brought them you know, brought that stuff out of me. So, uh, you know, don't hate me because I'm creative. And so, you know, by the way, I, I, I would like to, you know, thank my mother in it uh, because I guess those rules and those things became apparent uh, as I got older because out of the 14 of us that were the core group on the block that grew up, um, out of the 14, only I think four remain. Uh, a lot of the boys were killed but in gang violence uh, and uh, drug problems, overdoses. And uh, the young ladies, you know, they had their struggles. And so, um, you know, my, my brothers and I and a few uh, and a couple others, we, um, we, you know, we were, um, we're still surviving. You know, we may have our challenges, uh, you know, physically, but, uh, you know, we're still surviving. So now, well, uh, we're going to move on to the uh, inspirational part of the of the show. Uh, excuse me. And I can't help but think about since this is Black History Month. And oh, by the way, happy birthday to all the February uh, birthdays in my family and friends. So happy birthday to all the February people. Um, so February is Black History Month. And some of us can remember that when it used to be uh, Black History Day and then it was Black History Week and now uh, we have Black History Month. It was one of the shortest months of the year, but that's a topic for another day. Um, in, in the spirit of uh, uh, Black History Month, um, it was Martin Luther King who did the phrase, uh, God uses a crooked stick to draw a straight line. And that was a clever phrase that uh, communicates that uh, the notion that God works through imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. Uh, so I believe that God uh, tells us uh, that we can be transformed and our thoughts and our, our, our actions can be turned around and um, be subscribe to do his spiritual work uh, and basically it boils down to if you are our per you are perfect uh god does not really uh have a, a use for you um because if you're perfect there's nothing that you know needs to be uh dealt with so you know for instance in the bible here are some imperfect people that had imperfect ways but god rose them and chose them to do his will. Uh, Moses, uh, he killed a man. As a matter of fact, he was on the run in the desert when uh, the Lord called upon him. Um, you know, Moses liked discipline. He, he was a, a poor leader. Um, and But yet God used his imperfections to work through him to, um, to make him a, a strong leader and to... Uh, to lead um, the people out of captivity. Uh, you know, um, Solomon uh, practiced polygamy and uh, he had 700 
wives and princesses and 300 concubines. And this is all in the Bible, uh, 1 Kings uh, 11 uh, through uh, uh, chapter 3. Um, and in spite of the clear uh, directives of the king of Israel that, you know, you shall not multiply and have many wives unto yourselves, yet despite Solomon's failure, God worked through him and um, they built the Jewish temple and wrote uh, the scriptures, Proverbs, uh, uh, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Uh, Noah was a, 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 a sloppy drunk. Uh, Noah would uh, grow grapes off season and uh, until so he could make sure his wine supply stayed full and he would get drunk and lay naked in front of his family. Uh, so I said all that to say this, whatever it is that our imperfection that we're going through, uh, God knows about our imperfection. He knows about our shortcomings. Um, and don't be uh, afraid or ashamed to go to the Lord and, 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 and seek his forgiveness and, and for him to, to, to make you humble and where, you know, you can carry on his work. Um, so this is the part of the show where I implore you to go to your computers and please email me at kevinno 63 at gmail.com. Once again, that's kevinno 63 at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to know what, uh, I want to tell your story. As a matter of fact, I want to have you on air so you can tell your story of inspiration or you can tell your story about things that you've discovered. Uh, I don't want this to be all about me. Um, so please uh, let me know. Give me feedback. Uh, questions and comments, uh, please, at KevinKnows63 at gmail.com. Once again, KevinKnows63 at gmail.com. And as always in parting, we always say, or I always say, if you don't do it, it won't get done. Bye now. <laughs>